Welcome to the Life Success and Legacy Podcast. We're glad you're here, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, we want to welcome you back to the next episode of the Life Success Legacy Podcast. I am joined by two Mikes. Mike Crawford, how are you, sir? Pretty great. Yourself? I'm doing well. And Mike Everett, how are you, sir? Super great. Super great. And I'm Chris Bay. Good to uh, be with all of you listeners. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we have a pretty consistent group that that joins us on a regular basis. Mike Crawford tells us we don't. Mike and I don't really know how to read all that data, but no. Crawford tells <laughs> us about it. <laughs> so, um, guys, have you ever? Uh, we're going to talk about, uh, and this was actually a question that came up in one of our recent boot camps. Um, someone asked about, okay, so you start getting your IBC plan going and it's rolling and you're paying off debt or you're using it for your income snowball or whatever you're using it for, right? Because there's so much flexibility. How do you account for an emergency fund or contingency, right? You might have um, a personal need. You might be in real estate and you're always keeping your eye out for a good deal, uh, you might have a flip coming up with your income snowball. How do you guys account for those things? So I thought it'd be kind of fun just to talk about personal experiences for ourselves or stories from our clients anonymously, of course. Um, what are those situations where you might need some emergency mm. fund dollars? Anything come to mind for you guys? Well, I'll just share one that just is happening uh, come Monday. Um, every April 15th, uh, (laughs) (laughs) every April 15th, about give or take a month, Mike Everett gets cranky. Oh, buddy. But this year, did I get cranky once? No, not once. I think it's the first time in all of our years together. (laughs) Usually around, oh, I want to say March 10th, I start freaking out because my drawers get all tight and because I'm thinking about paying my income taxes because I don't do quarterly income taxes. I store my my taxes in a policy that I own. So every year, I literally take dollars, just like a quarterly estimate, and I throw those dollars into a policy. So when April 15th rolls around, I've got a bucket of money available to go pay my taxes. Because since we are commissioned, we don't get FICA and We're all not that W-2. Stuff. No, we are not. They don't, they don't steal that money ahead of time. They, uh, they allow us the flexibility of just storing our money and then knowing full well that we're going to have to come up with it sometime. Right. Um, so I can tell you it worked absolutely perfectly this year. Actually, it's worked good the last three years, but boy, I'm a I'm a really slow learner, so uh, I might not have done that prior to that. So that's a really good one right there, though. Yeah. Just as a note, I I always whenever I have revenue that comes in, whenever I get paid, I take twenty five percent and I throw it into my policy. Do I need twenty five percent? No. Not. But doesn't that pay down my policy loan? And oh, yeah. isn't that extra available? I know I've got some wiggle room for contingency. Okay. Yep. Mike Crawford, do you have any examples or stories you know about for uh, contingency or emergency funds? Well, I mean, you know, personal experiences. When we started our policies, I went from a, like all of us, from a W-2 job to a commission job. And, you know, we had, 
you know, liquidated some assets in order to do so. And um, it definitely made my wife, who was very um, organized. <laughs> nervous, nervous. <laughs> Regimented. Uh, Regimented, there you go. About the dollars that come in and out of our bank account. And yeah. um, for her kind of looking forward, it took her a minute to get the the whole concept of IBC for honest, in all honesty, it took her a minute. We didn't even have our process back then. So we were kind of, we were just like forced into it and, and because of me um, and, yeah. and, and like, she was just like along for the ride. So anyway, she needed what my- Plus you just was. had a kid. Plus she we just, just had, had Milo. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, Mike Everett always calls it the um, pillow blankie and Mary needed that <laughs> pillow blankie um, for the first almost three years. And it was actually meeting with Chris Bay at our old house where I wasn't invited by the way. And um, <laughs> they had a meeting and I came upstairs when it was done. And I remember Chris said, I think she gets it. And it was at that moment that sort of, you know, the contingency, contingency fund for us didn't disappear, but it definitely was something that was less important because we, she and I both were on the same wavelength that we understood that our policies were that contingency fund, especially after you've matured them a few years. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. I remember uh, one time at our old house, um, we came home and we saw water in the garage on the floor. And that's where we kept our extra freezer. Oh, and we're like, oh, no. And this was like on a on a, on a Sunday night, you know, where all the stores are getting ready to close down and our freezer was not working and we had all of this meat and stuff that was in there. So, you know, what do you do? Nobody's got extra freezer space that you can take it over to their house or whatever. So anyway, we, we, uh, we called Home Depot and asked if they had any floor models and we actually rented a Home Depot pickup truck to drive the thing home, bring it home, get it all set up. <laughs> and then we moved all that stuff over to the new one. Well, how do you pay for that? Mm -hmm. Right. Well, I always tell, they're always like, what do you do if you've got an emergency? And what I tell people is, tell me what emergency you can't put on a credit card. Sure. And whatever that emergency is that you can't put on a credit card, keep that amount of cash in your savings account. Now, if you can tell me that you can come up with an emergency you can't put on a credit card that's more than a couple thousand dollars, I don't know what that is. Right. Right. That's what we do. We, we threw it on a credit card. And then if you're keeping money inside your policy, you just simply take a loan out and within 30 days, pay off the credit card. <coughs> now, we've got some folks, though, that they're, they're leveraging their cash values for investments and things like that. We've got people who are her rollers when it comes to real estate and they're always keeping yeah. their eye open and they want to be able to put a down payment or, you know, whatever on a on a credit card or on a uh, from their policy loan on a property. So those are situations as well. Mm -hmm. And and we always tell people, I mean, we store that money inside our policies. Now, how do we know what those emergencies might be and what their pillow blankie might be? Yeah. That's part of the dream conversation. Exactly. We, we ask people like who, when we get a sense that they need that, we say, what number, even if yeah. it's not logical, <laughs> That's it right. may be a totally emotional thing for them, but that is just as important, right? Because we're about right. lowering anxiety. Right. So what is that number? So Crawford for Mary back in the day, what would you say was her number? She felt, I just have to have that pillow blankie. You know, I mean, we didn't have a lot of extra cash, but it was probably between three and $5,000 that she felt she just had to have 
you know, visible in the bank account, you yeah. know, and, you know, that was a stretch to keep at times during the early years of, you know, me switching into IBC, but also having a new kid and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Um, and so her anxiety around that was really high. And I do believe that had we had what we now call the dream conversation back in 2015 for her, it may have changed a lot of that mentally mm -hmm. and emotionally for her, because that process is truly, I don't want to say calming for a client, but I do believe it is, um, it's like a therapy session to some degree. And I'm not yeah. saying we're therapists, but like it yeah. is definitely something that provides a bit of like cohesion in the unit. Like, you know, people, they can come together during that conversation with um, mm -hmm. one of our dream client um, associates or, you know, coaches. And yeah. I really believe that that would have helped Mary quite a bit at that time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, another thing that I, you know, not to shift gears per se, but, you know, Another reason I think people ask that question a lot is because I believe the industry, i.e. people who deal with money, and we're not financial advisors. We are coaches that teach infinite banking. That being said, we have a stigma around us to some extent where people believe that, oh, the only way they're going to get this thing going is to take every dollar we have and to throw it in this system, and now we're stuck with nothing. And I truly believe that as a team, we make a concerted effort to be not only conservative in our approach with our clients, but also ensuring that regardless of that dream conversation, regardless of what that dollar was that they thought they needed to have set aside, our first goal is never to look at what their assets might be once they've entered them into, you know, inspiring hope and freedom, our software, and zero it out. That's never yeah. our mm -hmm. intention. Never. That's good. And I think that that's something that is very important to understand about IF, um, LSL specifically is we are a team. I mean, even our software was built on the conservative side. Like it is, we round, and, and I'm not saying we round numbers to do bad math. I'm saying we round numbers to be conservative and, yeah. to, be, yeah. and to approach the um, strategy with a, a sense of if this will work this conservatively, we know we have a winner. Yeah. Mike Ebert, how often do we have people who, who get all ramped up they're excited. They want to get aggressive. They, they're a shiny new object. You know, they're all excited. They want to get this thing rolling as fast as possible. And you have to talk them off the ledge. Uh, I'd say 90% of the time. <laughs> Conservatively. Here, here's Mike Everett. He gets everybody excited about this. Then he starts pulling it back. <laughs> well, you know, just like, just like Crawford explained, what we're trying to do is there's a certain amount of excitement around IBC, and then yet there's this time frame where they're taking this information and somehow their heart and head have to connect. Mm -hmm. And if that does not connect, then all of a sudden people are running willy-nilly with just what's going on <laughs> in their heart, and they haven't thought through. We have thought through this. Yeah, It's like we are uh, – it's like we're – Olympic athletes, we've already done all of the workouts and this and that. We've gone through all of these different stages and steps in IBC, and we know what the outcome is. It's like muscle memory. It's, it is totally that way. So, yeah, it's it's kind of fun to watch a guy, you know, say, hey, I want to put $100,000 in this thing. And we go, <laughs> uh, no, you're not going to get to do this. Now, <laughs> it, a lot of it is because he doesn't still understand the mechanics of IBC. 
Yeah. What's right. a what's a premium deposit? What's a policy loan? What's a policy right. loaner payment? So getting them to understand that is sometimes a job. Yeah. But yet once they it's just like Mary, three years in, the light went on in her head and all of a sudden was just like, dude, let's roll. So it yeah. takes a little bit of time. You know, when you go out and throw seed in the yard, it doesn't just come up that afternoon. It takes a little time to water it, to nurture it, to get some sun on it. So that's IBC in a nutshell right there. Agreed. So for our listeners who, who maybe haven't started IBC and they are those people who are like, okay, so so we can still have an emergency fund. We can have a contingency fund. What I'd like to do is kind of talk about the menu of places where people keep that. For example, Crawford, you said Mary liked to have it in your checking account or in one of her yeah. her rabbit holes that yep. she has, right? She <laughs> knew it was there. She could get access. She could move it, any of those things. Right. So that is one place where people might say, I really need to have X amount of money sitting in my savings account. Mm -hmm. Where are other places that people can keep that emergency fund or have access to cash in case of an emergency? Oh, man. Uh, I mean, you know, we start to hit on all these things that some people get a stock account. Some people put them in mutual funds and IRAs. You know, some people stuff them mm -hmm. in their 401ks, mm -hmm. knowing that they can take a loan against that 401k. So yep. uh, a shoebox under the bed. I know that sounds crazy, but I've actually met with clients up in up in central Nebraska. They literally kept money in a shoebox under the bed. And I thought, hey, I don't care where you put your money. That cracks me up because we started a policy for a teacher, single teacher, and she paid for her first $10,000 annual premium with cash she found around the house. <laughs> that is awesome. Okay, well, I, so... Maybe a savings account, um, maybe credit cards can be can serve that purpose for a short period of time. Yeah. Um, and obviously, I mean, we use credit cards all the time because we want the miles and points, right? That's right. Just another use of our dollars. And then we always recommend, I just had this conversation this week, actually, with some clients that are in their 80s, and they are getting ready to pay off a home equity line of credit. Yeah. And what I encourage them to do is, yes, you can pay it off, but don't close it. Yeah, that's right. When people pay off their homes and they've got a, a home equity line of credit or what have you, we oftentimes say, and especially our snowballers, they use lines of credit all the time, right? Yeah. It's just another avenue to get access to cash that gives you flexibility. So that's yeah. another place that you mm -hmm. can store money. Crawford, did you have another one you were thinking of? Oh, no, I think, you know, ultimately, it really does boil down to just, you know, be wise with what you're doing with your money, regardless if it's in that shoebox or in your, um, you know, savings account, or maybe you just stored it on the HELOC in terms of having access to that dollar, you know, it still takes us getting out of our mental ruts to learn and make sure that we're using our yeah. money wisely in order to accomplish the goals that are set out. And I mean, you and all three of us on this screen right now have had clients at different times through their IBC journey that will call us because they ended up getting a windfall or they had extra cash. They paid back their policy loans and they didn't know what to do with that money. And they're all 
and I'm not saying we're trying to train our clients to like call us with every financial question they have, but to some extent, I think when people have extra money that they're not used to, or when they have money they're saving aside for that emergency fund, sometimes people call us and they say, what is the best course of action for these dollars? And that that's actually kind of a rewarding aspect of what we get to do is we're not telling them how to do it. We're giving them some suggestions and options and maybe giving them a little insight into how we might handle that. But I think it's really cool because that means that in some ways they've gotten out of the ruts of the old ways of thinking and just mm -hmm. that money went in the door and went out the back door and you didn't know what you bought with it. And that, you know, mm. I think about that every time Everett does that example where he talks about, <laughs> we get a bonus, we get a pay raise, we get, oh yeah, you know, favorite aunt or uncle died and left us money and the money came in the door and it went out the back door and we didn't know what we bought with it. And I, I think about that when clients call me and they ask, hey, what should we do with this dollar? And, you know, I think that that's a really rewarding aspect to have what we get to do to help clients understand their money. Yeah. Mm. For me personally, how I manage that having my emergency fund or my contingency mm. is I have credit cards that I could use if I needed to. Yep. I keep very little money in my credit union account, mm -hmm. very little, and I store extra money in my policies. To me, money in my policies is the is the safest and most effective place to store my money. And then I can leverage these other things until that loan, I can get that loan processed and, sure. and pay off the credit card or what have you. So yep. that's how I personally handle it. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I think that's how we do it as well. You know, it's, you know, our goal is always to keep now, especially that Mary had that click moment, you know, several years back where we don't, we try not to keep money in our, our account and um, in our savings account, you know, at the credit. Right, right. And so ultimately, like, I think the the idea is that we do have those credit cards available. And because we've used IBC, we've paid off our debts to some degree, you know, mm -hmm. and we have that volume and that capacity in those, you know, credit cards to do that. So, yeah. Now we're of course saying the use of the credit cards uh, with the, the expectation that these are clients that are disciplined. And I, uh, we do have some clients that they know themselves and they cannot have credit cards. Right. They Amen. know themselves, they right? They can't. Yeah. And so that's when you go back to the old Dave Ramsey, keep a thousand dollars in your, in your checking or savings account is that emergency fund that you can't touch because you don't want to use a credit card. You know, whatever that number is, that's great. Know thyself, right? <laughs> and if you cannot handle credit card and credit card debt, know thyself and just have another plan for that. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So. Good stuff. Any last comments on, uh, on contingency funds or emergency fund examples? Nope. think we hit it. All right. Good stuff, guys. Thanks for joining me. And to our listeners, uh, thanks for jumping in on this with us. And uh, we'll look forward to our next podcast. Till then, check us out at lifesuccesslegacy.com. We do have an upcoming boot camp Saturday, April 22nd from 930 to 1230. That is Central Standard Time. You can join us in your PJs and whatever warm <laughs> beverage, morning beverage you like to drink. Uh, you don't even have to turn on your camera and just listen in. We have a lot of existing clients that come back and join us for ongoing learning. Um, check out our other resources that we have on our website as well. Give us a thumbs up, download, comment, whatever you want to do. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.